Stevie Davis. Yes, sir. Can you hear me good? Yes, I can. Outstanding. So we're doing a Making of Men podcast right now. You're on the Just Chew Steve podcast. And for those who don't know this young man who you are hearing, who has this voice that I tell him is worth a million bucks. Hopefully one day he'll actually use it. Um, is my son, Stevie Davis Jr. He's named after me. And, and let me tell you guys something. And let me tell him this. He may not know this. And, and Stevie, did I tell you how you, why I named you after me? We never really got to the, the nitty gritty of it, but I can kind of come up with my own assumption. I, so, so tell me, what's your assumption? I feel like it's because you had, you had high expectations of yourself and of me that, you know, you would pave a way of greatness for me and that I would be able to keep up with that name. And that, I, I mean, that it be able to make my own name for greatness as well you know creating a legacy for the davis men yeah um that's 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 true all everything you said and also um because i had because you know my father was an alcoholic and abusive and never was in my life i wanted to create a new legacy and i wanted to be for you everything he was not for me and I knew that I could do that and I would stay motivated, right? If I knew that your name was mine, which would push me to be a better man. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it gave me motivation to, to live right. <laughs> gave me motivation um, to not destroy my name. Cause see my father didn't leave me a name. Do you realize that every man should want to leave his name for his child? Do you, do you, did you know that? Do you think, do you feel like that? Yes, sir. And if not a first name, I honestly feel like at least the middle name, some, in some sort of way should be carried on through, through the word of mouth that's being spoken every day. So what do you, um, let me ask you, I, I, I want uh, the people to kind of just, um, hear our conversation. We, we have very honest conversations. And um, one of the things recently, since you start working with Making of Men in the elementary school program, um, I noticed a level of maturity with you and how you was able to interact with them. Where, where did that come from? Um, well, for starters, I have, you know, four to four to six nieces so um you know a lot of that came with dealing with them and kind of understanding children from that standpoint but also just understanding patience you know once i kind of heard a lot of these kids stories who's nothing like my my family stories it kind of just pushed me to a point where i was like you know what they didn't grow up like how i grew up but somewhat of how my dad grew up and I've had conversations with you multiple times on how you feel like you you wish you could have been handled at that age and what you wish you could have had. And I feel like I would like to give them that. I understood that that patience is the only way that you can do that. 
and and giving them something that you can relate to them with is the best way to do that so i keep myself you know in the loop with everything going on social media wise that's healthy to young minds and try to incorporate that in everything that i do with them so do you genuinely enjoy working with young people absolutely and i and truly and honestly if i didn't enjoy you know being around young people i would have found something else to do with our brand but I honestly fell in love with it for the first time with me doing it this year. So do you think, so you're 21 years old, for those who don't know, you're still in college, playing basketball at uh, Southwest Christian College. Um, you've had, um, it's, it hasn't been easy for you. You've had to, to you, you've had your heart broke when it's come to, to basketball. Um, um, share a little bit of your story about how basketball and where you were in high school mentally and then where you are now and all of the disappointments you had. And even people don't know this, you loved and wanted to play basketball so bad, you stayed connected at Texas Southern playing and practicing with the women's program. So share a little bit about why and how this journey is shaping you. So uh, before I kind of get into that, I want to say I get the question all the time. Why do I keep trying? I've actually had a, multiple friends ask me, like, why do you keep going so hard at basketball? And I understood that, you know, not everybody gets the opportunity to keep trying. But this game has given me something that I that I honestly, truly just just can't just let go. And I've, I've invested too much in it to just let it go. Um, but, yeah, so my story was pretty, pretty complicated if I, if I must say so myself in high school I feel like I was I was a pretty pretty decent player um, team captain three out of the four years that I was there played varsity all four years and my senior year you know I got told a lot you know you'll be fine don't stress on it too much you know people will people will come look at you somebody will find you and um it let me it let me get a little comfortable you know, I, I'd always thought that I was working hard, but I, I, I got to a point where I realized I wasn't working hard enough. And it was at the end of my senior year when that buzzer went off. And so when I got out of high school, I went to Texas Southern. Um, like you said, you know, I, I got up at 5 a.m. every morning uh, throughout that year and just to practice with the women's team where our coach was coach and WNBA Hall of Famer, college Hall of Famer, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh, Cynthia Cooper. And, you know, I got up every day, one, because I, I wanted so what, to. So, time out. Let's go back real fast before you go there. Why, how come you didn't make, you tried to walk on with the men's program? Why do you think you didn't make the men's program? So, the the men's uh, tryout, it was, it was about 30 to 40 people there. Um, a lot of them were, like, really grown men, uh, and I was fresh out of high school. And I, and I played to the best of my abilities, but I honestly and truly think that the reason that I didn't make that team, like that team that day was because of the politics of college basketball. Now, I got chosen out of those top 40. I got chosen as the top 10 to, to actually stay around and be on that scout team, which is what led me to be able to practice with the women's team. Um, so so that's, that's really what how that whole thing went down. Um, after that, though, you know, so, so so time out, time out, time out. So how did you feel 
what happened to you mentally when you realized that you was not getting ready to realize your dream right then of playing college basketball? Oh man, I was hurt. I was, uh, it was a hard getting up out of bed every day. Like, it's so, man, you talk about this all the time, like how hard it is getting up and trying to push yourself towards something that you can't see the finish line to. It, it's a very difficult thing, but you, you understand that if you can push yourself past that limit, then that's kind of what made me get up out of bed every day is the, the promise at the end. So, so, okay, that's good. Oh, the promise at the end. That's good. So, but tell me at that moment, I'm 51 years old and I know how it is to not want to wake up and to be heartbroken and not want to get out of bed because you're heartbroken. What, what, what do you think it was that actually got you up out of bed? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is and this is my most honest answer I can give. I still to this day really don't know what made me. Honestly, I feel like it was nothing but the grace of God that that pulled me out that bed, knowing that I was gonna be destined for something greater than just basketball. I wasn't just learning basketball. I was learning life skills. I was learning how to survive. I've always been, you know, underneath you and my mother's wing and around people who's been here to take care of me. I was on my own out there. I wanted to actually learn how to survive. And I and I really loved basketball. So my hunger for knowledge of basketball, my hunger for, for just survival and wanting to know as much as I could possibly know is what got me out of bed every day. Okay, 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 good. Now go ahead and finish telling us how about the, going on to the women's scout team. So after after the my time with the women's scout team, which you know, like I said, five a.m. mornings, and these weren't these weren't no easy practices. Like we were actually going through drills and you know running with them, conditioning and everything. So after this, I came back home um, and I went and I played for a little bit of prep uh, prep team, you know, just to build up some film. Uh, eventually, I made my way to a school in Marshall, Missouri. Shout out to Missouri Valley College. They um, they picked me up and I got picked up to play on a um, JV team. And most people don't know that, you know, colleges have these JV teams, but, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity in some ways, the way you look at it. Um, so I, I looked at it as best as I could and I, I put my all into it. First game, I had a double-double at 21 and 10. And after that year, I finished that full year and... Um, so let me time out. Let me let, let me let me ask you some tough questions, okay? Okay. You was on a JV team. Why were you not on a varsity team? Uh, honestly, I feel like I had gotten there a lot later than everyone for one. Um, and I and I tell people this all the time. I feel like I really didn't get a fair shot because these were the only two times in my life I felt like I pushed myself physically and mentally during the preseason to get to those levels but um you know it was, it was just so many people there and but and stevie I, let me ask you this though what you're saying that that was your now looking at you you're down to 197 pounds now you're being much more disciplined um um why how can you say that you think that you gave it your best then when you were not at a proper weight then honestly I, I, I moved great for my weight at that time um, I felt like my goals were different You're, as an athlete your goals change um, I've been prone to a lot of injuries 
Uh, I got injured there. I felt like I was comfortable with the weight, but once I started getting injured there, I realized, okay, let's let's try to drop it and figure some other stuff out. I was more focused on strength, 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 not more so mobility. So when I tried to be mobile, you know, it kind of hurt me. Not that it wasn't effective at the time, but it's just not where I needed to be. Um, and that kind of comes along with learning the game. So now that's why I dropped my weight more and starting to work on a little bit, you know, more the mobility and strength portion than just strength. You know, so, I, you know, we're going to be real honest here. You know, listening to you sound like you're just making up a lot of excuses. I have yet to hear you take responsibility for anything. You said the weight that you had you did good at that weight but now you know that you're down how much better you feel so how can you say that because i i feel like at that weight when i was at that weight that's what i felt like in my mind it's like okay so, gonna... oh, so let me add this is a better question so what if you was at the weight you are now back then do you think maybe things would have been different for you even going back to texas southern uh, no, because it takes us other we didn't do anything preseason wise. And, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, makes sense. And then at Missouri Valley, only reason it wouldn't have done anything is because they, like I said, they already had their team solidified. It wasn't a tryout for the varsity team. And and remember, uh, okay. remember when I got to Missouri Valley, the spot for JV, it was only a JV spot that I was supposed to be getting. So my my trial wasn't for the varsity. That's right. That's right. That's right. He did tell. You, that's right. That's right was for that it was for that season for one the higher jv team or the lower jv team that's so, right that's right and the plan was to go back which who knows what would have happened if i would went back that next year but i ended up getting picked up by one of the top jucos in the nation at northern oklahoma college in tonkwa who was just fresh off of a uh um uh conference title i glad, glad you brought that up glad that brought shit up and you and we kind of we didn't jump all the way from texas southern uh, so no, I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to go to Tonkwa yet. Go back to Texas Southern and what you did and working out with Cynthia Cooper. Talk about that. And you so, know, I told you I was in love with Cynthia Cooper when I was younger. Yeah, man. Cynthia Cooper, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some of the headlines and stuff that's happened recently. Man, Cynthia Cooper was one of the greatest coaches I've had easily. A brilliant mind when it comes to basketball. She pushed me to be, she wasn't just like, oh, let's just get these kids in here and just let them play. It so wait was, a minute, when you say headlines, what headlines has happened? I haven't seen it. So they, she actually just recently got fired from a position at Texas Southern because of uh, some stuff that happened within the team. But, um, you know. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she, she lost her job there. But, you know, with her okay. being Cooper, I'm sure she'll find something oh, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, people people like to talk. You know, people have their own opinions on people. They don't like how some people talk to them, but the way that she coached me was completely different. I saw how she how she literally invested time in people she did not have to invest time in, getting us lunch after practice every day, working with us after practice, letting us know what we needed to do, what she thought about different things, and that that's really what made it. That's really what made it fun. It made me want to come back every day as well. Ah, gotcha. So now, tell us about Tonkawa and 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 how that situation and evolved. 
So Tonka Wood, the Tonka situation actually played out very, very funny. Like how I even got there was crazy. Um, we were, I think that what was we about two, three weeks from going back to Missouri Valley, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I came home one day and I said, like, I got an offer. Like, it was crazy. Um, I, one of my friends, they knew how I, you know, got sometimes when I went to you know tryouts previously in the years before and i'd kind of get nervous and frazzled and you know i i'd, I'd get nervous and i'd break down sometimes. and you know i told you from day one that as long as you did all that thinking about the game you would never do good because you totally you're like me you overthink everything and you was overthinking that thing instead of going out and just playing and you were just not I knew what was happening even though I wasn't there I knew what was happening you was it wasn't that you couldn't play with the guys it was that you just like you just said you wanted it so bad that you would press too hard and anytime you press too hard in life on anything I will tell you most of the time it will not work out why do you think that pressing too hard doesn't help situations? You overthink situations. You get to you get to really overthinking things and you mess around and make the wrong decision. And and that's it's, just, that's it's right. I always go back. I always go back to that that Michael Jackson line, don't think twice. Like I, I try to think about that all the time. Like take go with your first instinct. Just go and have fun. Just relax. Like now that that's my mood going into anything. Like just relax. I didn't do relax. you think you do, do you think you was overthinking because you was you had some insecurities? Um, yes, absolutely. I'm absolutely. glad you was honest because I'll tell you the reason why I have been an overthinker most of my life, um, up until probably lately, is because I was insecure. I was insecure in my abilities, even though all my life people always said oh my god steve you're so great at this when i was growing up you're such a great speaker and when i was growing up but i really was really insecure and needed a lot of validation from people i think some of that was because my father wasn't in my life right and so i never knew really how to love number one who i was but also i couldn't really comprehend what greatness looked like right you know what I mean so then I would be always skeptical about what I was doing because I had not seen it yeah absolutely go ahead but anyway go ahead so um three weeks before I even was supposed to go back to Missouri Valley you know I, I was actually starting to get everything in order to go back and uh, was prepared to make you know a push at this varsity team um, I went to a tryout at Tonkawood and I didn't know that I was going to try out my friend DJ who was also my teammate in middle school and in high school he just asked me to come up to the school to work out with him because he played there the previous year so I go up there thinking oh I'm just gonna you know go work out just gonna have some fun or whatever you know whatever so we get up there and uh, a coach walks in while we're just you know getting ready to play He's like, yeah, I'm the new coach, and you know, I'm here to recruit, and that's what this is. And I look at my homeboy, I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, I didn't tell you because I knew how you, how you kind of get. And I'm like, okay, all right, but like, but I, at this point, I told myself, I said, you know what? I got a school that I can go to if this don't work out. So I'm just gonna go out here and have some fun. Uh, 
I had been practicing so hard that summer that I, I guess I had made such a big jump. I had never been able to do windmills, wasn't able to throw a dunk or anything like that. But throughout that whole summer, I had worked so hard on it, going out to On Point Academy in El Reno every night and just working. So in this tryout, I played really good. He offered me after the tryout. He talked to my dad. That's how I really knew he was serious because he had a full conversation with my dad. And my dad said, yo, like this, this dude is so I am your dad. What are you talking about? I'm talking to the people. Oh, okay. But I'm like... <laughs> But yeah, so they just like, oh yeah, he's serious. So I'm like, okay. So one thing leads to another. We end up in Northern Oklahoma Con- College in Tonkin. Um, That competition level was something really out of, out of my, I'm not going to say out of my league at all. I want to say like, like it was different. It was, it was a completely you different. You weren't used to it. Yeah, I was deaf. The pace, the physicality. It was it was so different. It was the first and time. Remember I used to, and remember I told you, I, I kept telling you when you first went to college, I said, Stevie, I said, the biggest change in college is the speed of the game. Yeah. I said, the athletes are different. Definitely. Definitely we're different. And that was the first time in my, in my life, you know, the previous year, the previous two years, I went from playing on a women's team to, to, um, you know, going prep to going and playing for a JV team. Now I'm at this top juke on the nation, and they're like, oh, well, we have Oklahoma State and Boise State and, and Bama and Colorado and IUPUI, all these Division ones coming to watch watch us practice. And now I'm on the radar, literally three weeks from when I was going to go play with a JV team. And it was a crazy experience. And it, it made me look at the game different. Also playing with. So let me ask you this: Stop, time out. So that's good. I'm glad you said that. So do you think that that made you see yourself different? Did you gain confidence then? And then, you know, tell me how that impacted you. Absolutely, it did. Because like, the thing is, before I w- I would always think like, oh well, you know, I I've played against better players and this blah blah blah. But now I'm at this level. I'm like, you know what? Like, I can I can actually play with these. Like, I'm actually I'm not just going out here going through the motions. Like, these these they're considering me one of the top players on this team. It's not every day that you just you just get picked up by a school out of a job. I was the only player to get picked up out of out of the 20 people that was there. And so that that right there, playing with those players and seeing myself be able to actually go out and produce against these high high caliber players that are getting recruited by the Dukes and Kentuckys and Oregons and stuff, it put a different type of, of dog inside of me that made me think, you know what? It's nothing that nobody can tell me at this point. I can play with anybody. So your mindset changed. And, and I don't even want to say my mindset just changed. Like, just... Okay, I guess you could say my mindset changed then. Yeah, well, my- because you said now you saw. And so now when you start seeing, you start believing. Yeah, and when you and that's when your mind, your because when your mindset changes, it elevates everything in your life. And coming out of high school, you know, it kind of felt like like my mindset was high, but once I realized I didn't really have offers, it kind of it, things started to drop. My confidence started to drop, and it would fluctuate at times. I'd be like, "Oh, well, I am good, but eh, I really ain't there yet." I'd always measure myself. Yeah, you was definitely an emotional roller coaster for sure. Oh yes, definitely. But I got to the point where I said, "You know what?" It's two things that you got to do. One is have fun, and two, be confident. 
and that's what now whatever happens just kind of happens you just got to put yourself in the best position so why did you end up not playing so two weeks into into school um i ended up getting hurt uh i sprained my lcl pcl and acl while also tearing my meniscus in my knee and i was out for i think about two and a half months um i i eventually made a full recovery after some rehab but by the time i came back which i kind of discovered myself from i know people had told me this multiple times that usually after you get injured you kind of have to deal with the politics of it but you know i thought maybe you know work your way back into it start doing this that and other by the time i came back they were so far ahead of me you know it just really wasn't as much as i could do but keep being me doing what i knew best so you know the question to why i didn't play is something that you really have to ask the coach um i i do feel like i should have handled myself on the bench a lot better i don't like how i express my facial expressions sometimes i i got to a point where i said you know i want to do this for my teammates but it was it was a time where i felt like i was selfish because i felt like i was old something so how did you end up getting to the place where the coach put you off the team so uh the 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 story behind it you know the the whole lesson behind it is don't talk around people you know just you know keep stuff to yourself and just you know work through stuff but you know i said some things um not about the coach um but i said some things relating to why i felt like i wasn't playing and how i was feeling and stuff like that and I, and all i said was you know that i was upset that i wasn't playing and i felt like i should have been playing that i've been working hard and i don't know what i should do and you know those were my exact words but i, I was talking in front of somebody who wasn't who clearly wasn't really on my side with everything and she went back and told my coach hey i heard stevie say this next day he so what me, lesson did you learn from that one is keep your mouth shut and two the grass is not always greener on the other side because at the time i was thinking well should i transfer should i be here is this is this all this perked up to be should i push through this i should have never thought that because the, the the opportunity that i had at hand you know it would have turned out to be a lot better than what it was because i would have learned more as a player but so were you do, do you think you were being mentally weak uh, I feel like I had a mentally weak moment that led to my destruction. I don't feel like throughout that whole time I was mentally weak at all. I feel like I pushed through a lot, uh, a lot more than whatever. Me, me having to deal with 16 core credit hours while dealing with injury. My grandma passed away a month into me being there. And then, you know, all that tied together, me being able to still get up and make it to class every day on time and keep my grades up and, you know, working with the team. It, I felt like that displayed a, a so 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 a really great lesson sounds like you learned that you can have a breakdown moment that can totally derail you it can cost you one simple yep. thing can cost you your whole everything <laughs> and you remember and I thought that when it happened because I thought it was so trivial what the coach did but then I also knew that it was for a reason 
Um, as you know, I believe God does things for a reason. And I believe that he was trying to teach you and grow. I know he was teaching you and growing you and preparing you for something um, much greater. And that happens through great disappointment and suffering sometimes. Um, so I, I knew that, but also I was thinking too, I said, well, maybe he's not as the coach doesn't think he's as good. You know, I kept telling you that maybe as good as the other players. I mean, w w when I told you that, I mean, what went through your mind and how did you maintain a sense of, um, resolve to say, okay, I, 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 I believe in myself. Um, it kind of, it really took a lot. Um, so when I did get kicked off that team, in all honesty, I, I I didn't take it well at all. And I'll be the first one to say that I, I you know I didn't do is do what I needed to do. Um I I gained that weight, you know, from, from what I'm coming back from now, I got to 226 pounds. But you know, I got to a point where I just told myself, I said, you know, feeling sorry for yourself is not gonna do anything. You, you just got to get back up and just work. You know, just, I got to a point like, just take it day by day. I know that you feel like your dreams didn't come true and this is that and the other, but you can't sit around and feel sorry for yourself. It's not going to do anything. So I got up and I, I started working and started figuring stuff out. I started creating newer goals for myself that had nothing to do with basketball. I, I realized made my identity basketball and that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to make myself known for something bigger than basketball, but I wanted to do that as what I did love to do. So, um, you know, I just kind of had to to bring myself out of that. You know, I just had to tell myself and pray every day, practice different habits that were a lot different than what I was doing and do everything that I, I wasn't doing when I was at. It was like, it was, I got comfortable. You know, when I was at that that JUCO, people would basically like give us everything we really wanted. Like people were doing anything we really wanted to. But I, I can't let people just give me anything. Let me make sure that if somebody is giving me something, let me understand. Like, okay, let me. How do I figure this out? How do I help this person out as well? So by figuring that out is how I kind of bounce back from that whole thing. Well, let me ask you. We're gonna digress. We're gonna change kind of focuses a little bit. Um, now you're at Southwest Christian. Um, um, now you're 21, getting ready to be 22 years old. You've been working with the Making of Men program. Um, I made, I, I, when I started and created Believing over 20 something, literally almost 22 years ago. Yep, 22 years ago because I started it uh, a year before you were born. I created, incorporated it. 1999 um and 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 was here's the interesting thing i had put your name before you was even born on the organizing documents as one of the owners of the organization a board member and um i didn't know what you would do and be but i believed always when you was a, in your mother's stomach i would talk to the stomach <laughs> and and I used to tell her oh he's going to do this and he's going to do that right and um, um, now to see and watch your progression and see a natural 
um, love for people and your ability to empathize and all of that has been um, a great thing to see. Um, Tell me something. How do you see yourself changing the world? You know, um, it's it's a kind of a broad range question, I feel like. Um, I have people ask me all the time, like, what do I want to do? And I, I'll be honest with you, I can't answer that question with just one answer. I, I feel like I have gifts. And I, and I battle with myself in my mind with this all the time. And I ask God because I get frustrated sometimes when, when people are like, oh, well, you should do this or you should just do this. I'm like, it's not that simple in my head. You know, I feel like I have talents to do so many different things. So how I want to change the world is is using the gift of being able to do so many different things to to teach other people not to be one dimensional and to show them that that one setback can't hold you down. You know, like using my testimony to show people like, like, listen, I understand it's hard. It's been hard for me. It's been hard for a lot of different people. And you may think, oh, well, my situation is just as hard with this is how I feel. I want to be able to share my my story and help other people understand from 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 those different standpoints, especially mine. But um, I see myself changing the world just and helping people. If that's if that's really the most simplest way I can put it, just just making sure that I'm helping people and serving people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So we're kind of coming to the end. I wanted to end with a little more deeper conversation and deeper questions that um, that hopefully other pa- parents will listen to and kids will listen to and understand um, when your mother and I got divorced you were seven years old a lot of parents stay together because of the kids they say oh we stay together because of the kids we want to have both parents in the home and all of that I tell the story of when you was seven years old and me and your mother was separated, getting ready to get divorced, and I look and using the back seat, and I asked you of the car, the back seat of the car, and I asked you, we were driving to school, I never forget that. And I asked you, I said, You want me and your mom to get back together? And you said, Nope. Y'all argue too much. <laughs> <laughs> and and so tell me, I me, mean, how did our separation and divorce impact you? Um, honestly, I feel like it, it kind of took a lot of a lot of stress off, a stress off of me because I was always, you know, worried about like, you know, when what what were they arguing about, and some sort of like was it was I the reason for any of the arguments? I, I actually did have those thoughts, but you know, it helped me in a way because I was like. I was like, it gives me more time to focus on things. Give me two different viewpoints to focus on things. Our side of the family and my mom's side of the family are, are different, you know, and I, I kind of grew up with both those sides, being able to understand so many different things, which is another reason why I feel like I have such a broad range of, of uh, things I can accomplish in life. Um, I feel like it gave me that, that sense of like, okay, you know, this is difficult as well. That was my first way of understanding that I could get through something. Um, and, it, and yeah, it was hard. It's, it is hard for as a family all in all, but it also let me know what not to do. I will say that. It let me know a lot of what not to do. So, What do you mean? Uh, how, to, how to 
deal with people. Um, I feel like you and my mom would both agree that y'all feel like y'all didn't really deal with each other the best when it came to certain things. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that for me is was like, okay, this is what I this is what I don't need to do. This is how I don't, you know, communicate with somebody. It taught me a great level of communication. Everybody that I've always talked to has always told me that I have great communication. But with also having that great communication, it's led me to just now, like I've just now figured this out that communication isn't even really the key. That is comprehension that's really the key. Because somebody can sit there all day. I can sit up here and tell you, oh, how I feel all day. But me understanding how somebody else feels is more important than that. And I, you know, what you're so, so Stevie C, you all, I'm listening to you. This is a leadership mindset that you are talking. You have a leader's mind because a person who doesn't, that, that, that doesn't have a leader's mind. They're not saying the stuff you're saying. I've always known you were going to be a, you were born to be a leader. You're going to be a great leader. And listening to you right now says that because you just said that you, you have to listen. That's what a lead things a leader can do is listen, 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 and empathize with people. If you do that, it will help you cultivate strong relationships you know i tell you all, all the time that probably one of the most important things you do is develop relationships with people to cultivate relationships with people and i think you do that well and that's how I've come i know you'll, you'll you're gonna do great things in life and 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 really lead masses of people because of your natural instinct and the natural things that you pick up on and learn you, very naturally. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched that, but, but in closing, if you could leave the people and young people in particular, if you could leave them with something, one thing that be transformative and get them through difficult days, what would it be? that change is okay that mm. that, it, that it's okay to not feel like it's, it's okay to not feel okay at the time you know being mm. you gotta be you gotta be okay with with changing that we had this conversation the other day just knowing that like as humans we're supposed to change we're not supposed to stay in one spot we're not supposed to to you know sit around and be the same person I don't want to be the same person when I was 10 when I get to 12 or 15. Do you think change is comfortable? No. You have to be uncomfortable. Right. You have to be comfortable it's, with being uncomfortable. There it is. Thank you. There you go. Good, good, good. As simple as that. You just got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and knowing that change is supposed to happen. And when it comes, you got to face it head on and just figure it out. Put it all, put it all in God's hands and, and understand it you know, you can't do anything by yourself. People always feel the need to to single themselves out. Listen to a sermon in the pre- in the past that said that the devil does his best work in isolation. So I try not to isolate myself when I feel down or I feel like something's difficult. No, I'm gonna figure out how to. I'm gonna figure it out my own method by myself. But I'm gonna use my resources in order to get through this the best way and quickest way possible. Because we're not trying to stay nowhere, no time, no long time. Ah, that's good. Well, brother, we've almost been talking for 40 minutes now. We're coming down to 339 minutes and 34 and 40 seconds. And you have, this has been a great conversation. 
Um, as your father, let me say to you, I am proud of you. You talk like you got some sense, son. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in what you're going to do. I believe you're going to change the world. I believe you're going to be a great father and a great husband. And, and I'm glad that you know that difficult days do come. I'm glad that you know that bad stuff do happen to good people. Um, and I'm glad that you have a heart to want to serve and love people. Um, I'll leave you. I'll let you have the last word. What do you want to say? Be blessed. <laughs> stay blessed. Stay up and stay confident. I, as always, my friends, serve, care, and love.